Welcome to Confidently Weird. I'm JJ. I'm Bo. And I'm Kim Kim. And this is your podcast to explore the curious and cryptic. Bizarre and mysterious. Eerie and unusual. Sit back and relax as we delve into our very own world of weird. Hello, my fellow weirdos. This is Kim Kim. And today we'll be discussing the Will of the Wisp. Well, I'm going to start us off a little differently with a little story time. Back in 1941, there was a man whom by the name of John. John was an avid fisherman, hunter, and frog catcher. He and his family lived out near the the uh, Bosched Wetland in the Netherlands. Um, his, his family lived there for over two decades, and he was very familiar with the territory. One night, a friend of his named Boyd invited him out to the wetlands to hunt for some migrating geese. So the two men set out um, in the morning. Their first few hours went by uneventful, not catching any fowl. As the day progressed, Boyd advised they go deeper into the marshlands. Uh, taking a different route than they normally used to see if they can find some waterfowl or some geese. Being experienced hunters, they decided to go out further before it got dark. And surely soon enough, they started finding geese and waterfowl, shot them and filled their burlap sacks. As time slipped away from them, soon nighttime was approaching. Uh, Realizing by this time, it would be dark by the time they made it back. But they started to start back anyway, hoping to get back into their familiar territory before it got dark. As it got darker in the sky, they made the realization that they must have taken a wrong turn or gotten mixed up in the marsh. As they continued walking in hope of going in the right direction. But now, as evening, evening glows dark and the last light phase in the sky, they were still very deep in the marshlands. Now tired of walking and carrying their heavy sacks, the men decided to rest against a tree, waiting and hoping that the stars can brighten the skies and lead them home. Much to their dismay, this night is a cloudy night, and now it's so dark they can barely see what's in front of them. Trying not to argue and panic, they decide to continue the path they were on hoping it will lead them out, guided by only their flashlights in their hands. That's when John sees it. At first, he thinks it's imagine it. It happened so fast. He keeps walking, and then he hears Boyd yell out. He turns in his direction and sees it again. A small blue flame hovering over the marshlands. It's only there for a few seconds, then it disappears. Boyce is immediately ecstatic at what they just saw, and is intrigued to see another. He starts walking off away from the trail a few feet, looking through the darkness. Sure enough, another pops up in front of him. He runs to get closer to it. Before he reaches it, it disappears. John urges him to come back to the path and to leave it and continue their way. They've both heard of the folklore of the Will of the Wisp. 
but neither men believed it. Boys believed somebody must be playing with them, knowing it took them too long to get back and came looking for them, and now is playing a trick on them. John sees another wisp flurry up further away from boys. Boys immediately starts walking towards it, exclaiming, he knows this is a prank and you got us. No response. Silence. John starts to feel uneasy, but decides to follow boys through the marsh. They now walk for a while in this direction. John notices the water level has increased, moving from around his ankles to up towards his shins. He looks over at boys, who is staring wildly around looking for another sighting of a wisp. John stops walking, flashing his flashlight over at boys, and tells him they should turn back as the water is getting higher and that they are surely headed in the wrong direction. Boys sadly agrees to turn back, but just as they turn to go, another wisp appears several feet ahead of him. Like a whistle to the start of a race, boys takes off warning towards the blue flame as fast as he could. It disappears before he can reach it. The water is now to about his knees. John stays where he is and urges boys to come back and leave. Another whisk and another further down. Boys laughs and bounds after them, moving further and further away from John. Now all John sees of his friend is the bouncing light of his flashlight in the darkness. Suddenly he hears him scream out. He hears him thrashing around in the water. He sounds panicked. But I thought John rushes to his rescue, following the sounds of his screams and the light of his flashlight. Suddenly, the splashing stops and the scream stops. John is terrified, but continues to creep forward, following the glow of Boyce's flashlight. As he finally approaches, he takes another step and there's nothing to catch his foot and he falls into what seems like an abyss. A hole filled with water, covered by thick vegetation and vines. He is suddenly finding himself underwater and he's claw trying to attempt to claw his way back up to the surface as he feels the thick vegetation getting tangled around him. Thankfully, as he has slowed down his walking, when he fell, he had fallen near the edge of this weird sinkhole and was able to find a footing and managed to pull himself up out of this hole that was filled with water. He's then dragging himself, pulling himself up to his hands and knees out of the hole. The water is still about knee high deep when he gets out of the hole. So he's, by this time, you know, he's, he's pulling the vines off of himself, pulling vegetation off of himself, trying to free himself from the vines and the weeds. So he's finally able to stand up on his feet. He's struggling to take a breath. He's breathing hard. He finally catches his breath and over in his peripheral, he sees a dull light flickering, bobbing up and down. He turns to see where the light is coming from. In the middle of the, this watery sinkhole, he sees a flashlight. It belongs to Bolts. Staring there, looking at the flashlight, he realizes that Bolts was running. He must have ran right into this hole. The splashing of the water must have been him struggling. He must have gotten stuck in the thick vegetation and drowned. John's standing there not realizing his friend is gone and he's now alone 
in the dark swamp. He goes and grabs his own flashlight that he dropped and gets it to come back on. He begins scanning the water to see if he can find any form of Boyd sitting there. As he scans and searches the water, from the other side of this water pit, he sees a small blue flame pop up just above the water. John is so scared and freaked out at this point, he just turns and runs, slashing up water, trying to fight the vegetation, frantic to get out of there. After what seems like forever, he finds his way back to the spot where he and boys had left the path where the water is now low again. He's exhausted at this point. He walks for a while, walks for a while before he finds a collapsed tree and decides to rest on it. Once dawn had come, he gathered himself up. He is thirsty, devastated his friend is gone. He has long since lost a stack of his catch inside of it. And he continues on his way, eventually finding his way out of the marshlands. From that day, he has always said that his friend Boyce fell victim to the trickery of the wisp and now becoming a true believer of the folklore. What about you? Do you believe that Boyce met his unfortunate end due to the will of the wisp? I have got to say this story the story is very cool but the true crime part of me (laughs) the true crime part of me just hears this guy come home and spin this tale and he solidly just went out into the swamp and killed his friend man he just he just just, he murdered his friend and came up with the will of the wisp did it the will of wisps did it i we followed blue things and he drowned. <laughs> he followed them. I didn't want to, but you know, he followed yeah. the list. Yeah, it was all him. It was all him. Um, I never found out whether or not they found Boise's body. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that first story I did not get, unfortunately. But um, I just want to give you one of those stories uh, that I found about the trickery of the Will of the West. Mm-hmm. So, going into what is the Will of the Whips? So. The Will of the Whips is known to be a low-floating, blue-moving flame of European folklore, and it has been since about the 14th century. They're known to be located mostly in marshes, bogs, and swamplands. First recorded sighting of it was back in 1340 by a Welch poet named <laughs> Defied Ap Gwilin. I apologize for my pronunciations of that. He called it a cayenne colt, also known as a coarse candle, associating the lights with death and burial sites. Those who say they have touched a wisp says it is either cold or cool to the touch and that it doesn't flicker, but the flame stays steady and that the wisp moves mostly in a bouncing motion or stay steady and not move at all. Some say those who have seen a will of the wisp is known to have the gift of foresight. However, most folklore and literature describes the wisp as tricksters, restless spirits, or malevolent beings. Folklore of the will of the wisp changed slightly through the regions. In Sweden, they are believed to be the ghosts with lanterns wandering aimlessly. In England, 
They are thought to be elves carrying lanterns. In Australia, it is said that the wisps lure people in and anyone who tries to capture it will disappear. And in Belgium, it is thought that they are the lost spirits of children. Others believe the blue flame wisps could be fairies, aliens, spells of witches, or the souls of the damned who escaped purgatory. Now the origin of the name Will of the Wisp, also called the Will with a Wisp, depending on where you're from, it is believed that Will comes from the Saxon word wild, which means to trick, fraud, or deceive. And the Swedish word Wisp, which means a a small lit bundle of tinder. Given its name, it basically means a light that comes with some trickster spirit to mess with you or deceive you. Some believe that if you follow a wisp, a trickster spirit might treat you and lead you to treasure, while the trickster spirit might trick you and lead you to your death. And if you caught the trick or treat, if it rings a bell to you, you will be correct. This is where our very own jack-o'-lantern adopted his name from, the will of the wisp. Trick or treat. That's what I read. That's wild. I've read a lot about jack-o'-lanterns and never heard about the will of the wisp. Really? Yeah. yeah. I guess in some regions they're called Jack of the Lantern. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like uh, the ghost of the lantern and like the ghost was Jack. So it was Jack of the Lantern, which yeah. eventually turned to Jack-o'-lantern. Right. Easier and, to say. Yeah. And they were saying how the trickster spirit, if you follow a wisp, it could lead you to treasure. And it would treat you that way. But sometimes it might be a trickster spirit and instead of treating you the treasure, it will trick, trick you and lead you to your watery death. That's a lot of risk for a treasure. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. Trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you don't get the chance. <laughs> um, so what truly are they? Some of them believe that they could be fireflies. But fireflies are generally too small. And they usually glow green or yellow, not blue. Others believe that they could be glowworms clumped together. They do glow blue sometimes, but only the females glow and they don't fly. And the males do fly, but they don't glow. And the will of the wiz are known to hover above the ground, essentially fly. Another speculation that it could be ball lightning. Ball lightning, though, is a rarity to see in itself. Ball lightning is known to happen during the thunderstorm, have a hissing sound, and those have seen ball lightning says it has a distinct smell, all of which is not common when a wisp has been seen. The most scientifically acceptable conclusion would be spontaneous combustion of swamp gas. This theory was first made by W. Durham in 1729. Now, as we know, um, the blue flames of a wisp are known to occur in swampland marshes. These type of lands are made of mostly of methane and carbon dioxide gases, which is, comes from the decomposition of vegetation and the occasional animal. If there is enough oxygen stirred into those gases, a chemical reaction could occur, resulting in a combustion of fire, and methane does burn blue, like the wisp. Therefore, it 
could be easy to speculate if a person is walking through the muck, stirring up the water, introducing oxygen, boom, a wisp is born. Keep walking, stirring up more water, boom, another one, another one. So what do you believe? Could a wisp be a mischievous spirit walking aimlessly into a pavilion? Could a wisp simply be spontaneous combustion of gases? Or could it be something else? All I know is that through the centuries, many people have seen these flames of light. To see one must be amazing, but am I really willing to walk through a muck of swamp for a glimpse of a wisp? I don't know if I would. And if I did see a wisp, would you follow it? I mean, will it lead you to your watery death or to treasure? Or is it just a load of hot gas? I don't think I could risk it, for sure. But it got me thinking, um, kitsunes often have like blue glowing hmm. things around it in Japanese folklore. Oh yeah. And they're known to be tricksters. So I wonder if some of that was borrowed. Right. Is there a relation? Right. That could, that's interesting. Actually, for the record, I will not be entering any swamps. And should I see a wisp, I would certainly not follow it. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, there was another phenomenon about, uh, or with um, possibly gases or something like that, on a mountain in Japan that I read about once upon a time, um, that the Japanese lore states something about the kitsune as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, what type of, was it, was it marshland as well, or was it, you said it was a mountain, so it, it wasn't... It was a mountain, but there are, like, um, there are mountains in Japan with, um, water, like, they're like springs. flattened. Kind of, right? Right, with, like, flattened levels, mm-hmm. um, and I know that there was something in that lore about the souls of the dead, and also about Kitsune, and I don't remember entirely, we will definitely have to do an episode on it, because I need to research that. <laughs> but it's an interesting um, comparison, at least. And it got me thinking, although they're not blue, it got me thinking of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, where in Lord of the Rings, Gollum tells, or Sneagol tells Sam and Frodo not to follow the lights. Yeah. And yeah. It, Frodo does, spoiler alert, and uh, <laughs> gets down in with the dead yeah. for a minute. Yeah. I don't think spoilers count for 20-year-old movies. Okay. In, a, in the marshy area. You oh, know? yeah. And the so. souls of the dead tried to pull him yeah, in. Yeah. the light. That's so. true. I that wonder true. if I was taken. But it's not blue. But I wonder if he was influenced by that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stories. My first time ever hearing personally about the Willis Wisp was back in the movie Brave. Mm. Um, yes. Where, you know, she was following the Wisp to the witch's house and then you know, the wisp more or less brought her to Mordu, which, spoiler alert, um, was wound up being a damn trapped spirit who she mm-hmm. helped set free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the end, he realized it was the wisp was his spirit all along, more or less guiding her to help him. So, in a sense, it was kind of a trickster spirit, but in a way, he was just kind of just 
she learned a lesson in the end like every other you know it wasn't disney it was uh, uh Pixar. Pixar. Pixar movie but um that was my first time seeing like the the, the blue flamed wisp and it kind of did kind of lead her into mischief and danger mm-hmm. it's interesting how the comparisons always go to things like spirits and death and yeah like it, it's always either way they might be a little bit tricksy, but they're a sign of danger, basically. Danger. Why Especially would you follow if they're danger. combustion? Yeah. Like even if they are just gas and combustion, it's danger, <laughs> and people uh, follow it. People follow it. Like, <laughs> ooh, a little, little small explosion. Let me follow it. Ooh, another small explosion. Let me like, <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and you're you're walking through marshland, so it is. Uh, easy to assume that the water's gonna get deep or it might do a drop off like at the ocean like mm-hmm. you know the sediment falls out it's very easy to find sinkholes or um quicksand more mm-hmm. or less in those type of situations so it's mm-hmm. like one why are you walking in a marshland anyway but two is like i'm not gonna follow a random flame yeah mm-hmm. i mean if it's a place that you're used to something that you are you know where you commonly hunt or mm-hmm. and this is like with john and bolts Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I guess that's one thing, but that is absolutely not a place that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm admittedly not a risk taker, mm-hmm. but. I mean, I guess people, people have been saying, you know, really trying, like, it's been um, the man, uh, W. Durham, he's been like several months out in the marshes, like several different marshes around the area to just specifically do research on these Will of the Wisps. Till he like it, it usually occurred during this weather or around like like he really did his research um uh, which is eventually he came up with the um combustible theory he had mm-hmm. um so what do you guys think do you do you believe in the west i believe that they could occur but i'm more of the scientific belief mm-hmm. you know like it could be the methane gas yeah it's very very easy for me to think of the the methane right but if you think about i know there's always this weird like comparison you don't think about cryptids or things like this as if they are animals right. but if you think about nature nature mimics so, you know, there are stick bugs and leaf bugs and etc. And um, there are things that mimic other things. So maybe there are little methane gas balls from stirred up oxygen in the swamp. Mm-hmm. But also maybe there are weird tricksy spirit things mimicking them. Yeah, I don't know. That could happen. They can mimic them. Yeah, like mimicry is pretty common. That's true. So I don't, I don't like to to trick a little gullible human. Yeah, so easy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't like to, you know, confirm theories because I can't. Yeah. Without my own hands on, Um, but I do think it's very interesting like i i think honestly that the methane thing is probably an actual occurrence but yeah. i can't say that means there's no such thing as a will-o-wisp 
I agree with that. You, you know, there's no way to 100% say this is 100% what it is, but um, I will probably never see one in my lifetime. <laughs> but uh, stay out of the swamp. Stay out of the swamp. Maybe you'll become one. Hmm. Oh, that was actually a thought that I had. The will wisps. Do they like? Okay, so why are they luring things? Okay, they're tricksters. But what? Are, what is the benefit to them? Do they lure people to their death for them to become a new wisp? Oh, I hadn't really thought about that. I was thinking of that with you know? um with yeah. the the well, you said um the spirits holding the lanterns, right? Yeah. Like to follow them, yeah. Right. If a wisp has someone follow them to their death, do they then become another lost spirit? Now, you know, going aimlessly. And yes. that's a, that's quite a you know a theory to to think about because you know all of them they're like you know you know lost children's souls or um, priests who broke their vows all these damned souls leaving purgatory and then you know how there was like elves with lanterns or ghosts with lanterns um, the one I think it was uh, Belgium was saying if you touch a wisp you will disappear or you know I'm guessing that so. There could be something to that. Thank you for journeying with us. To carry on, find our links and join us at linktr.ee slash confidentlyweirdpodcast. Send your stories, requests, and suggestions to our email, confidentlyweirdpodcast at yahoo.com. Until next time, be safe, be kind, and as always, be confidently weird.